Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Thanks for listening to Danny and Dusty On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Is your heater safe? Why replace it when Service Patriots can restore it? Get their $59, 27-point furnace tune-up and safety check, including a free 1-inch filter. They'll also check your AC for free. Go to servicepatriots.com. Danny Meringue. I found two empty bottles of a particularly decent Chateau de War Bordeaux 57 in your rubbish. Dusty Hera. You went through my garbage? This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app. I find it particularly offensive that you use them to wash down an order from something called Macho Taco. And Portland's sports leader, 1080. I would never drink a Bordeaux with a Macho Taco. The fan. It was a burrito machissimo. Love looking, throws back across his body, over the middle, intercepted! It's picked off by the 49ers! It's Greenlaw's second of the night, he runs back to the 40, reversing field to the right, chase from behind, gets away from Jane Reed, finally brought down by Reed, and the 49ers are going to win! And that was the call by Ryan Radke on Westwood 1, as Dre Greenlaw, addicted to running around the field after interceptions, that was a man possessed. All night long for the San Francisco 49ers. But his two interceptions were unhinged. Like, it, his cutbacks, it looked like you a kid when you were playing Tecmo football and Bo, you had Bo Jackson or Randall Cunningham and you just ran back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and then just waited for that seam and went. You got the defense totally out leverage, except for Green Bay didn't do that. They just were just like, where are you going, dude? We're just going to slowly pinch down on you. I was loving Dre Greenlaw just trying everything he possibly could to get like five extra yards, five extra yards. It's like, dude, have you not seen your team's injury history in the playoffs? Like, just go down. Go down. Just go down. Stop. (laughs) But San Francisco survives the Green Bay Packers with a 24-21 win in the divisional round of the playoffs. And this is our uh, fourth and final game that we're talking about. Hey, life comes at you fast, guys. It comes at you real fast. Yeah, only three NFL games left on the season. We, yeah, we got the, and I asked my my seven year old son this. I said, uh, you know how many more games are left in football? He looked at me just dead eyed and goes three. <laughs> oh, <Wow>. yeah, who's <laughs> on it? Just di- just did the math like because I love this. He is setting up. He sets up all the helmet matchups. We got the little mini the little mini helmets. Oh, okay. And so he sets up the the helmet matchups and then when a team gets eliminated, it's like 
I don't know. It's like Survivor when they put the torch out, except for he just comes up and just swipes the helmet. He's like, dead. Done. So I think he was doing like, I got I got the conference championships, and then I got the Super Bowl. That's all I got left here. Man. Yeah. You yeah. Know, he's the only person excited for the Pro Bowl. He's really <laughs> excited to see what flag football and uh, what the skills challenge has in store for us. So yeah. I was like, yeah, it's one of us. But we'll be there. We only got three left, and uh, the the San Francisco 49ers surviving the Green Bay Packers. That's the way you got to put it, because it was not pretty for San Francisco it, by any metric. Um, we talked on Friday about, you know, Green Bay's got to hope that Jordan Love doesn't turn into a pumpkin, and I don't think he did. I don't I don't <laughs> think he did. That was a horrific final interception. Yes. Um, but I, I think that with the conditions the way that they were. And I, it's not just rain, because rain isn't the issue unless you're Brock Purdy and apparently you have tiny hands. But the conditions were the field. At that point, like when, when Kyle Shanahan, it's just a weird thing that they were like, Kyle Shanahan demanded everybody on the defense change their cleats. Are we really going through this Levi Stadium now it's been open for like 15 years and yeah. the field is still an issue there? right. And it was guys were just slipping all over the place. Um, that was not. I, I thought Jordan Love, for as bad as that last interception was, he played a good enough game. Right? He's he was far and away the probably in my opinion he was number eight in in, in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. uh, well, when we went into this weekend, yes, you're sitting there and you're looking at it and going, yeah, I'll take the top three, Mahomes, Allen, Lamar, yeah. not in that order. I had Lamar at number two. And then you're going down the list and you're going, mm, Jared Goff's been to a Super Bowl. Yeah. Brock Purdy is more than a game manager. He's a game controller. Baker Mayfield is in CJ Stroud has been a rookie phenom and has played out of his mind. Mm -hmm. And then we saw Baker Mayfield go for 350 yards against the poorest Lions defense. But he was number eight and for me heading into this. So my expectations weren't that he is going to be the guy who leads you down the field to win the game. I thought he was good enough for Green Bay to win the game when you look at the chances and the opportunities that they did have. I mean, hell, you're sitting there and you're looking at that game. They had a five-point lead heading into the fourth quarter. Yeah. You know, that's good. You're asking Jordan Love for anything or for... Uh, but they were up 21-14, so they had seven-point lead heading in the fourth quarter. You're asking Jordan Love to do anything more than that, you're fooling yourself. I think the bigger issue that we saw was, one, uh, Brock Purdy's getting hammered for having small hands. I really don't care about it. it. It mattered in that game. They were still able to win the football game. The fact of the matter that was way more concerning to me was it was two parts. On Friday... I said that Green Bay has got to alleviate all the pressure off of Jordan Love by need, being able to run the ball. And Aaron Jones, on the season, averaged five and a half yards a carry running outside the tackles. And where the San Francisco 49ers were at their weakest defensively was running outside the tackles. Aaron Jones gashed them. He absolutely gashed them on the edges in that game. And that is... That is still of a concern for me as I'm looking at this San Francisco team that's going up against a Lions team that where are they going to try to beat you? They're going to try to beat you with speed. They got David Montgomery and they've got Jameer Gibbs who are going to try to get to the outside and mm -hmm. kill you with their speed. And that is what we saw 
the Green Bay Packers do. When by the way, Aaron Jones really damn good running back. But they got to the outside and they got to the edge at will. And Jones had a hell of a game. Took a lot of that pressure off. That's concerning for me for the San Francisco 49ers is their ability to stop the run at this point in the season. Chase Young was largely a non-factor in the game. The other big one for me is how game plan dependent they are on Debo Samuel. Mm -hmm. I said this as we were talking MVP in the later stages of the regular season. Look at what that offense did without Debo Samuel in it. And everybody's like, well, Trent Williams was hurt too. Trent Williams played for one of those games. Mm-hmm. And their two losses without Debo, their offense is a shell of itself. Yeah. And when Debo went down with that shoulder injury, which they are saying is similar to the one that he suffered in that Cleveland Browns game where he and Trent Williams both got hurt. They're saying as about 30 minutes ago, Shanahan says he didn't break his shoulder, but still hurting too much for us to have an idea how it's going to heal up this week. That is huge because you look at it in just the, the the immediate play after Debo goes out. They put Jawan Jennings in. They hand him the ball in the backfield, and Shanahan said, no, that's a read, and the the defense dictated Purdy hand the ball off to Jawan Jennings. That's the problem Yeah, is that you're having Jawan Jennings try to do things that Debo Samuel does. Debo is a one-of-one. One. Yeah, He is different than any other receiver in the NFL. He is true because the guy is a battering ram when he gets the ball in his hands. There are a lot of guys who are fast, who are quick, who will get the ball handed off to them. Tyree Kill and Debo Samuel are not the same type of player, even though their teams will both try to push them down the field. They will hand the ball off to them in the backfield. They will motion them all over the place and try to create leverage. You do it for different reasons. Debo is truly unique, even in a system that has a Christian McCaffrey in it. He is truly unique with his skill set and the way he carries himself and the way he carries the ball. That was, and to see how we, the two games without Debo turned on their head for San Francisco earlier, that's a big concern heading into this one. Yeah. Because you have to change philosophically what you have been doing all season long in the conference championship game if you do not have Debo Samuel. And if you have him, it's going to be a limited version of him which that takes away a lot of what Debo makes him special. Right. Is the danger that defenses have to account for when he has the ball in his hands. Yeah. Because he's not going to just run by you. He'll run through you and over you, and that ain't going to be a factor if the dude's shoulder is all jacked up. Well, and if the if he does come back and play, and then he's maybe not fully healthy, how much value does he have out there as a decoy, though, too? And I don't think it's going to be that much, but then again, you're playing the Lions, and that secondary is not very good. Uh-huh. Like they're they're not very good, and you can lean back on it if you're San Francisco. All right, we got a week to prepare. We got a week to plan. It, we we will not be as Debo dependent in our game plan, but you still have Brandon Ayuk. You have George Kittle. You've got Christian McCaffrey. You're gonna be all right. You're gonna be okay. You do have some other pretty good weapons, but you're asking now Brock Purdy becomes that much more valuable to you and what you're trying to do. And that is, after seeing Purdy in in the muck and the mess, I don't know what the weather's going to be like on Sunday in San Francisco, but I'm assuming it probably won't be the downpour that we saw. But you're going to have to be far more buttoned up offensively, and you're going to have to ask Brock Purdy to do more because Detroit is going to be better against the run. They're going to sell out against the run. 
and you're they're going to ask Brock Purdy to beat you. And now Brock Purdy's got to be able to beat you against a bad secondary. Looks like uh, early on anyway, some at least sunny skies and uh, 69. Hey, it's a nice little day. So that bodes well for Brock Purdy. Yeah. Um, His tiny little hands. Yeah. I ain't going to go into, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of complaining from Green Bay fans about the way that one ended. I boy, I got some questions. Have you seen the Anders uh what's his name? Anders Carlson, the kicker? No. For for Green Bay. So, he missed he missed the field goal that uh it wouldn't even have taken a lead, but um that that fourth quarter field goal with uh 6 minutes to go, 41 yarder, missed it wide left. And this is getting a lot more play because that would have made it 24-17, mm-hmm. Green Bay. It's getting a lot more play because Tom Rinaldi said something that I have never heard. <laughs> I've never heard it on a broadcast. But when he popped on and he said, Matt LaFleur uh, says that he prays every time they put Carlson out on the field, Yeesh. I was like, yikes. <laughs> That was the fifth game in a row Uh that Carlson had missed uh, a field goal attempt. Five in a row. That's right. So not really, not the highest of confidence you have in that kicker. And that's not the reason why they they lost. They were still leading that game 21-17. But this led the internet sleuths to go down and say, okay, who is Anders Carlson? It's a guy they drafted. They drafted him out of Auburn. At Auburn, he had a career field goal percentage of 71.8%. Oh. And that was bolstered by his best season was in 2020, uh-huh. where he connected on 91% of his field goal attempts. Do we remember what 2020 was? COVID. That would be the COVID year where nobody's in the stadium. Yeah. Or li- very limited capacities even in the SEC. Yikes. Outside of that, his freshman year, he was 60%. Sophomore year, 72%. His uh, junior year was the COVID year where he went 91%, going 20 of 22. Then his senior season, he went 14 of 21. That's 66%. And then he tore his ACL and ended up coming back in his 2022, the super senior year, 70%. They drafted him. (laughs) That... That seems like you're putting your eggs in a basket that you knew kind of what you were getting into before yeah. you drafted him there. That's where my concern would be if I'm Green Bay. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I was I saw I saw that stat kind of pop up and I was like, somebody screenshotted his career field goal percentage. I was like, that can't be right. And so I went and I looked it up and sure enough, the COVID year, he was phenomenal. Yeah. But that was the COVID year. Well, okay, so who was the backup quarterback that basically in college had uh, uh, as many uh, interceptions as touched? Uh, crap, who was it? Was it Boyle? <laughs> Thad Boyle? Who played like at Western Kentucky and somewhere else or at uh, UConn? Okay. Uh, oh, crap. I forget who it was, but yeah, basically. I don't think it Tad Boyle is the basketball coach. I'm trying to think. Tim Boyle? Tim Boyle. Tim Boyle. Thank you. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, same kind of thing. Basically, throughout his college career, 
as many interceptions or more than touchdowns. And yeah, you kind of know what you're getting. It's like, how does he, how is he in the NFL? You kind of know what you're getting when you get into that one. And that was, that was a brutal miss. But again, just as you look at Tyler Bass, where Bass's was more impactful because that one ties you the game for the Buffalo Bills, right? Mm hmm. Green Bay is even in a, a tougher spot where it's like you want to blame your kicker. Don't blame your kicker because you were winning twenty-one to seventeen, and then you gave up a touchdown after that to, and yeah. you end up losing the game. Yeah, you know that is one where you go a little bit more dicey. <laughs> I got my questions about the 49ers, and we got questions about every single. I mean, there are really, with the exception of the Baltimore Ravens, you have legitimate questions about each of the other three teams in the conference championship week. And we'll get to those as, as the week goes on, because I'm really fascinated to see Kyle Shanahan in that offense operate. I am just as eager to see what Dan Campbell, Aaron Glenn in the uh, Lions defense does, especially in the back end where they've got, they got torched. I, I think they are going to ask Brock Purdy to beat them. Because you want to take away Christian McCaffrey. You want to take away the short stuff where you're going to have George Kittle out there. You are going to want to say, Brock Purdy, you have to be the guy that beats us. Yeah. Against the weakest part of our defense, which is our secondary. And they there were touchdowns to be had by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Then you have the Kansas City Chiefs where, look, KC's getting dinged up too. Everybody's talking about all the Buffalo injuries. Uh, there were three straight series where you had somebody go out offensively for the Kansas City Chiefs. This is going to be, it's the war of attrition when you get to this late in the season. I can't wait for conference championship weekend. But the San Francisco 49ers, the biggest question is that they got the biggest injury. Debo Samuel is a massive question mark heading into this Sunday. Oof. All right. 503-864-6326. That is Vancouver Ford Tech Time. Uh, I want to get to uh, some of your feedback on on divisional round of the NFL playoffs. And we got uh, we got some more college football that we need to get to. And the greatest combo on Kansas City isn't the one that set a record. Next on The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Danny and Dusty on the fan. 503-864-6326, the Vancouver Ford text line. Here we go now. Um, this text on the Niners-Packers game from P1B Rod. I think we see more Christian McCaffrey in the slot this week. Uh, Elijah Mitchell more than capable to take 8 to 10 carries. I agree with that. I just, 
it, it just changes so much without having the threat of both, right? And I'm a <clears throat> Christian McCaffrey having the load taken off of him in the slot has led to w- this explosion this year, right? Mm-hmm. Having so many weapons like that's the that makes it so hard to defend, especially when you have to have in those in here's the thing is when Debo is going across the formation, right? You're taking a set of eyes that are on Christian McCaffrey and you are taking having to reset with another set of eyes that focus on 23 when 19 goes from one side of the formation to the other, right? And I wonder how much movement you'll get because of Mitchell in the backfield. Like, I don't, I don't, it, it, well, I know it won't be nearly as impactful. And when it comes to games and situations like these, what you have is obviously Detroit is there for a reason. And I think that maybe we're having the, like, it, it seems easier because we all have it just stuck in our brains. It's Detroit, right? <laughs> San Francisco should be Detroit. It's the Lions, for God's sake. Right. But, I, I think that, ha- and I agree with B-Rod in that, I think we will see McCaffrey in the slot a lot more. And then you can, uh, that alleviates a lot of the pressure for Brock Purdy, mm-hmm. right? If if Detroit is truly going to ask him, you got to be the guy that beats us, right? If we're going to have, if it's going to be Brock Purdy who's going to be the one that has to win this game, then obviously having Christian McCaffrey who is just as good of a route runner as Debo Samuel is. Uh-huh. He's a phenomenal receiver. He's just as good of a receiver as he is a running back, for God's sakes. He's the best running back in the league this year. When you have him to kind of take a little bit of that pressure off, that's going to be huge. And I think yeah. that Mitchell will be the will be the play there, and they won't go, all right, Jawan Jennings, we're going <laughs> to throw you out there, bud. Be Debo Samuel. Well, so how much do you think that maybe they'll start McCaffrey in the backfield and motion him out like to the slot pre-snap? Yeah, I don't I don't know because it all depends on how comfortable you are with your protections, right? Are and if you're going to be going empty or you're going to go from two backs into a, a one back set out of that and keep Mitchell in for pass pro. Hell, I, I mean I I have no idea what Kyle Shanahan's going to want to do because look, we saw them try to do square peg round hole against Green Bay. And then we tried to see them do it for the two weeks. Debo was out. Regular season far different than what we're going to see in the postseason. I feel like we're just going to go with, all right, Purdy, what makes you more most comfortable? And look, you mentioned the conditions right now are not supposed to be a factor right. in San Francisco. That's going to be the great equalizer because like, there's that video going out of Purdy drying his hand off mid-play. Like mid play, just being like, "Yep, let's go." Got to get these small hands dry so I can throw this football. If you don't have to deal with that, I mean, Purdy can can dice up the Detroit Lions. There's not a doubt in my mind that he can. I just I wonder if Debo is going to be out for an extended amount of time. Like he was out for two weeks last time he hurt his shoulder, right? Mm-hmm. If this is another two week injury that puts him on pace to be back for the Super Bowl. And you'll you'll get him in the Super Bowl. I just you better hope that he's out there for this game. Like let it all out. I mean, my gosh, it's the NFC Championship game, and it would suck to see San Francisco derailed two years in a row by injuries. Right? Like last year, it was Purdy. Yeah. You know, if it happens to them again, like I hate seeing the injuries as the factor as to why teams 
never get off the ground and into those situations because we, we've seen it before. It happens all the time. It's a 100% injury sport in the NFL, and that's one of the things that's incredible when you look at injury luck. We talked about this earlier with the Buffalo Bills. Like Injury luck is a real thing. The Bills just got ravaged by them, and they still had a shot to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, they did. Like, yeah. Last night I was sitting there going, are they really going to pull this out with all everybody fall, just dropping like flies continually? Cannot get out of the injury bug's way. But if it happens to San Francisco again, that would suck. But I would also be happy because Detroit's America's team. Detroit's America's team right now. Yeah. We love we love the Detroit Lions. Motor City Kitties, let's prowl. Um, well, it's nice having matchups this year that it seems like there isn't one like universally hated team. Yeah. Somebody that you're sick and tired of always seeing there. Although the Chiefs might be one of those teams where people are maybe getting tired of seeing them there. But Was the addition, any... I feel like yeah. it, maybe if you didn't have the Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey distraction, you know, we might be we might be like, oh god, the Chiefs again. People still getting mad at Taylor Swift. She's there, and guess what? She's like the biggest thing yeah. in the world right now. Yeah, they're gonna show her on TV. Yeah, where's everybody bitching when they show Eminem at the Lions games? That's why Jason Kelsey was so important. Yeah. Because everybody that was getting mad at them showing Taylor Swift saw a shirtless 300-pound man pounding beers behind her. And yeah. they were like, there's my king. You got your queen on TV. There's mine. There's my king right there. He's right behind her. And there's fi- pictures of his wife, Kylie, who were j- she was just unfazed by all of it. She was just like, yeah, I've been to this, I've been to this rodeo before. I've seen this a time or two. Let's go, cowboy. <laughs> I saw somebody in the text line say about uh, Kelsey, they figured he'd be more cut. Oh, really? They're like, yeah, they're like dad bod. I'm like, he's an offensive lineman. Of course he's going to have a dad bod. Yeah, in an undersized one. Like, they, think of that. That man is considered undersized. <laughs> what <laughs> kind of freakazoids they got running around in the NFL? Right. Crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Um, and to the point of, like, the hated team, I'm wondering, because it still isn't there. Like, I I love and I, I appreciate what Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are doing. Uh-huh. Like, I, Kelsey and Mahomes, they broke the record with Gronk and Brady for m- most touchdowns by a combo. Touchdown yeah. passes, quarterback and receiver combo in postseason history. I love watching those two guys operate. I love watching Mahomes operate an offense. But even I was sitting there going, God. And look, Tom Brady was an angel that sprinkled touchdowns all over the field, and I love him forever. I had the same thoughts about him. Every single thing that happens on the football field, and it's been amplified since the end of the game against Buffalo in the regular season, mm-hmm. right? Patrick Mahomes just complains about everything. Like, everything. And that is like, I'm like I, I'm starting to be like, gosh. And I, even, I love the guy. And I'm just going, dude, give it a rest. Like, I understand lobbying for a call every now and then, but the pass interference that, that they called on the on the crossing route where the linebacker canceled as he crossed. Uh-huh. And he was just like, no, I was in the air. <laughs> like, you know? supposed to just grinds the gears of the refs even more with all the complaining and the Kermit the Frog boys. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a good play. I don't think, I think they should have picked up the flag on that. Like, no, no flag there. I was, I would have been totally okay with that not being a flag whatsoever. Yep. But there he was just like, I wonder if that's wearing on people that don't love Mahomes because uh-huh. I think that what we have with Mahomes and Andy Reid is very reminiscent of Brady and Belichick, except for we're seeing that 
Andy Reid was a fin- phenomenal coach and always was a phenomenal coach. Yes. But could never get over the hump Without until he got Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And he did worked wonders with Donovan McNabb, who had a phenomenal career with him. He worked wonders with Alex Smith in, in the early years in Kansas City. But it is a different animal. And I think that I have such an appreciation for what he and Mahomes have together that we're not going to see it for a while, right? Maybe it'll be Harbaugh and Herbert, right? Where you have a head coach who is a damn good head coach. We know he's a good head coach. And that chemistry, it takes the franchise to another level. Right. I hell, we could sit sit here and say maybe we do have and we just don't appreciate it because nobody values what John Harbaugh does in Baltimore. Because nobody like gives John Harbaugh this label as one of the greatest coaches in the NFL. Look at what he does year in and year out. Dude has already won a Super Bowl. And now he's doing it with Lamar Jackson, who's been unlocked and has taken a stride in his prime to a completely another level. And he's already won an MVP without this level. Like he, maybe that is it. But I appreciate when you have, and especially when you have a head coach that is so integral to one side of the ball or the other. Right? It, with Brady and Belichick, Belichick was a defensive guy. Brady was 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 the offensive guy. Didn't matter who the offensive coordinator was. You knew that when Tom Brady was on the field, you had a chance, and you knew Bill Belichick's defense were always going to be good. You have this with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes on the same side of the football, though, and it is it's art. Yeah, it, when you watch how the Kansas City Chiefs, not just like you, if you ever wonder like how in the hell did Travis Kelsey get so open, it's the setup for three quarters and then the payoff in the fourth quarter, right? It's the setup on a drive. And then all of a sudden you get those wandering eyes of the safety. And all of a sudden Travis Kelsey is just as naked as his brother in the back of the end zone, just waiting to catch a touch touchdown pass like that. It, it is art to see how all of it unfurls because it's not just, Hey, that was a, that was a nifty play design, even though they have a lot of those. The trick plays are one thing, mm-hmm. but the setup to the payoff is uh, I'm in awe of it. Every single time I watch Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, I love watching those two guys. And I don't know, like, I don't know how much longer Andy Reid's going to coach. He's gonna... Do, any, does anybody know how old Andy Reid is? No. I'm going to say 63. Let's see here now. You're you're not too far off. Sixty five. He's sixty five. He'll turn or yeah, he'll turn sixty six in March. Wow. Huh. So how many more years does Andy Reid have? Well, I mean, look at Bill Belichick, seventy two. Mm-hmm. I mean, you figure Reid's got six more in him. About six more years. Yeah. That'd be like twelve consecutive AFC championship games they go to. Yeah, won't be bad. Yeah, that's a lot more barbecue in Kansas I the, City. I think the AFC is going. AFC is going. Uh, to get a hell of a lot tougher in these next few years because Baltimore is not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. If Jim Harbaugh coaches the L.A. Chargers, that becomes a very scary team in their own division in Can- with Kansas City. Yeah. And we well, s- we saw just how hard it is for Kansas City now. Somebody said, too, just imagine Jim Harbaugh in the same uh, division as, as uh, Sean Payton and how insufferable that could be. Damn. Boy, thank thank God for Antonio Pierce <laughs> and Andy Reid. Just kind of level it out a little bit. 
Like, I, I feel like Harbaugh might try to fight Antonio Pierce at some point if he is the coach of the Chargers. Oh, I could see that. Yeah. But, yeah, I think... He's got to find somebody to hate. Like Antonio he's not, Pierce would stuff him in a locker, though. He's not going to hate Andy Reid. Right. Well, it's Jim Harbaugh. He can hate whatever he wants. Like, <laughs> he'll find any reason. He'll be like, nah. can't hate him, though, for liking red meat and cheeseburgers because milk, right? right? <laughs> I mean, you got that going for not you. Not that 62% stuff, either. Uh-uh. All right, this text on the Vancouver Ford text line. Mahomes complaining is becoming excessive, but I feel this recent behavior in the last two seasons from him. I don't I don't think it is just the last two years. I think it's just being highlighted a little bit more because everybody wants to knock the greatest quarterback in the league down, right? I think that, and so we're seeing a lot more of it instead of, Instead of the shots that we always used to see, like every time there was a big play for the Chiefs, camera would go to Andy Reid or Eric Bieniemy on the sideline, right? Now it just goes to Patrick Mahomes. And it's almost as if like the bad plays only go to Andy Reid now. <laughs> like we just get the cut to Patrick Mahomes or Taylor Swift, and then that's it, right? And I think that if we just got more, we have more sight of Patrick Mahomes. And then He's in our conscious a little bit more because he's the MVB, right? He's of the State Farm commercials, which are great commercials. And Andy Reid is a fantastic actor, and I will hear nothing less than that. Andy Reid is fantastic in those. He makes them. State Farm, they got another big complainer in their ads, too. Old uh, Chris Paul. Oh, no. You're thinking of Cliff. It's his, <laughs> it's his brother. That's, that's, not, that's not him. That ain't him. All right. Uh, Oh, we have our Chiefs fan in Josh Allen and the Bills were asking for a flag Every time he ran the ball and got hit You guys are salty losers I mean, I just got done saying how much I appreciate Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid So I forgot that we were the home of the Chiefs Bills Bills. He's saying we're Bills I'm sorry, excuse me Yeah, yeah I like their fans Throwing snowballs and just flipping everyone off But, uh, yeah, no I didn't. I don't think that Allen is nearly as excessive in his complaining. Yeah, and that's okay. It's okay. You can still be a good quarterback, right? Greatest in the league right now. <laughs> All right. Um, let's get to our uh, a little college football note here because one team is done with all the winning, and they'll have none of it. Danny and Dusty. Here's Rust with Sports Center. This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan. I don't know where Lane Kiffin gets his news from, but Lane Kiffin is uh, now like the source of reports, and this is what reporting has come to. It's like Lane Kiffin reports... Ohio State spent $13 million on NIL to take players out of the transfer portal. Lane Kiffin retweeted an article. (laughs) Lane Kiffin, the the report that Lane Kiffin is out there uh, of Lane Kiffin reporting that $13 million spent by Ohio State in the transfer portal is him just retweeting a link. Because I went through and I read this, I was like, where, where does Lane Kiffin? Where does Lane Kiffin's 
quoted in all of this. And it just says, no, according to CFB Focus, apparently, from uh, Gridiron Heroics, is that, like, that's the article he retweeted. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if that is Lane Kiffin reporting anything. It feels like he's retweeting something. Yeah. But I digress. The report does say that the Ohio State Buckeyes have reportedly spent $13 million on NIL to retain and or add elite players to their 2024 roster. And if you are looking for a university that is sick and tired of their rival getting the best of them, look no further than the Ohio State Buckeyes. (laughs) Because just over the weekend, they went and they got two of the... Um, most highly touted prospects out of the portal from Alabama. Julian Sayan, who's a quarterback and is a five-star quarterback who's going to be a freshman. Caleb Downs, uh, the All-American as a freshman. So I think he was second-team All-American. They both committed to uh, Ohio State. Uh, Quinshawn Judkins, a four-star running back from Ole Miss. He's going to Ohio State. Seth McLaughlin, the interior offensive lineman, you may know, remember him from snapping in the Rose Bowl game uh, or not snapping very well. He's committed to Ohio State. They got a tight end from Ohio. They got Will Howard, the Kansas State quarterback that was going to go to Washington, and then Kalen DeBoer took the Alabama job, so he's heading up to uh, Ohio State. Like they have just, They're not plucking off a lot of guys. They're getting quality guys, though. And to retain the the guys that they have, have you seen the players that are coming back for Ohio State? Like they took what Washington did and said, okay, yeah, well, we'll make sure everybody's coming back too because Marvin Harrison Jr., he's gone. Almost every single player that was draft eligible from Ohio State is coming back. The Buckeyes are going to be a problem next year. Yeah. They are going to be damn good. And let's all remember, they've got to visit uh, to Eugene next season on the football schedule. That's going to be a hell of a football game. Yeah. I mean, that game is like, circle it, because it's going to be a fun one um, next year. Uh, when When is that? The 2024 game? Uh, October 12th. October 12th. They go to Eugene. Mm-hmm. That game is going to be like market, circle it. You're going to have like college game day, big noon kick. They're all going to be in Eugene because that's going to be two heavy hitters going up against each other. And Ohio State is done with playing second fiddle to Michigan. They see the writing on the wall. They know that this was Michigan's big run. They know Harbaugh's likely on his way out. They've lost three in a row. They're not going to lose anymore. They're putting their money where their mouth is. And if you've seen, they've got what they call the foundation. And apparently C.J. Stroud is pumping a lot of money into it. Uh, who C.J. Stroud just got rich by uh, you know being the second overall pick. Yeah. They are gearing up, and apparently he's dropping a big bag to the Ohio State, the foundation is what they call it. Mm-hmm. I uh, I have a feeling that they're not going anywhere. Yeah. They've got money to burn, and they're burning all of it right now. This is the way to do it, though. Right. Not just paying for a high-level recruiting class, which they're still recruiting at a high level. Yeah. Go into the portal and pluck off those guys that are going to be difference makers, and then 
pay to retain the guys that you have. Yeah. Keep them. If you've got guys that got a late first or a second ground round grade, try to give them that money. Not you're not gonna get you're not gonna match it. You're not gonna give them like twenty four million. But try to see if you could sweeten the pot enough to be like, hey, get yourself up to a higher first round grade, and then all of a sudden you get the bigger bag. You come back, and you're not going to be the fourth receiver off. You can earn your way to being the number one receiver off. Mm-hmm. If it will backfire, absolutely. <laughs> Denver, Washington, though, and that's a great program to look at and say, look what they did. Yeah, they paid everybody on their roster. They came back, and Roma Dunze is is in all likelihood going to be the number two receiver off the board. Maybe number three if Neighbors uh, goes up and, and jumps him. Mm-hmm. But uh, Michael Penix worked his way up into a first round grade. Like they can just point to everybody at UW. Uh, I always rem- forget the uh, left tackle's name. Uh, fa- ta- uh, the sure. Polynesian dude. Look at he could have jumped last year. Yeah, mm-hmm. got him. So Big yeah, bags. Ohio State just saying f it, f it, and go all in, just like their uh, their rivals in Michigan, except just in a you know different way. Jim, Jim Harbaugh burning down the house on his way out. Yeah, I mean they just cheated before. <laughs> The rules were in place, right? right? I mean, they they have cheeseburgers. They were they got cheeseburgers to entice their recruits. Uh, watch out for Ohio State, though. And also a little side note here: um, Arizona, Brent Brennan with the first big win as Arizona head coach. Noah Fafita and Tetsuroa McMillan both staying at Arizona. That is a big keep for Brent Brennan and in the Arizona Wildcats because those two guys, the threat of those two guys leaving was massive mm-hmm. and they circled the wagons. I'm sure that they're getting paid a pretty penny to stick around right. at Arizona, but this is the good thing about NIL for everybody. that's like NIL is ruining it. The transfer portal is ruining college football. No, if you do it the right way, you can keep them too, but it, this is just the new world of college football. Yep. All right. Uh, we put a bow on this bad boy. Uh, we haven't talked blazers yet. Uh, we got, I had, I have a bunch of blazers thoughts, especially for last night's game. Not, it was ugly. Maybe we'll wait for Danny to be back. Hopefully he's back tomorrow. Um, but we get you set. And uh, some of your feedback on the Vancouver Ford text line, 503-864-6326. Danny and Dusty on the fan. This goes out to all the women in the world, especially her. You know it don't even matter your age. Don't even matter your color. Your fellas, I ain't forget about y'all. This is for everybody. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. The fan. All right, a good little Monday for us here, huh? A little divisional round action. Yeah, lots to talk about today. Lots, lots of foosballs. Got all the footballs in there. Got all the footballs in there. I saw uh, Shanahan, you mentioned Kyle Shanahan said Debo Samuel. His shoulder not broken. Not broken. Not which That sounds painful. Yes. But I saw he added on to that 50-50 to go on Sunday. Uh, yeah, what I saw didn't say 50-50, but they said he's still in so much pain, it's tough to tell at this point if he'll be able to go or not. So Doesn't sound good, That Bob. does not sound good, no. Does not sound good, Bob. Um, so 50-50 is not great, but Zach Ertz is now going to be playing for the Detroit Lions. He signed. They had their, back, their number two tight end mm-hmm. behind Laporta. He went down with a forearm injury, and when Laporta is playing with a bionic leg... 
um, I think that it's probably a, a pretty good bet to bring in Zach Ertz and a nice little, uh, nice little payday for Zach Ertz, who remember got released by the Cardinals. It was like a mercy killing. Yeah. They were like, "You don't want to do this, and yeah. we don't want you to either." Yeah. So we'll let you go somewhere where you can ahead. maybe win. He's not going to. He's not going to be a guy who's uh, hmm, be an impact. Watch, he's gonna like score three touchdowns. Yeah, right. But but the playbook wise, like this is a move that the Detroit Lions are making for if they win the if they win the NFC Championship game and they are going to the Super Bowl to have Zach Ertz on their roster with three weeks to build up. Like Dalvin Cook, I thought Dalvin Cook was very limited for the Baltimore Ravens. I thought that he showed a little bit of those flashes where you're like, yeah, this is how they're going to use them. If you get eight carries out of Dalvin Cook. You'll take him. Now, he only had one good carry of his eight, but those are the flashes that you're going to want to get out of him. Some of these signings can pay dividends in in the long term. And I think when you're looking at Dalvin Cook in Baltimore, I think Zach Ertz in Detroit, it won't be this year for or this week for Detroit. But if they make it to the Super Bowl, they're high in February for Zach Ertz to play a little bit of a role. All right, that does it for us today. Rust, it was good to have you back, man. Yeah, good to be back. Felt like it's been forever. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully we get uh, the Merengatang back tomorrow. Yeah, maybe we'll get the whole gang back together. Yeah, we'll get the whole damn crew back. All right, that'll do it for us. Up next, you got primetime with Isaac and Souk. Four hours of power from their mouths to your ears. Coming up next, right here on 1080 The Fan. Doctor said I need a bacchiotomy. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.